Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about in your career, relationships, and your finances. Let's talk about that last one. With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. So your weekly grocery run can feel even more productive and that morning coffee can taste like a little victory. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities to get lower rates on loans, like for a new ride or finally having a home to call your own. Sounds like progress, right? With Chime Secured Credit Card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. Welcome in to another edition of Talk of Champions. Once again, I am your host. Zach Barry, Ben Garrett, kind enough to throw me the reins as he sits back in his carriage and lets me take him around town. Ben, you were at spring practice the past couple weeks. I assume you were at the scrimmage on Saturday. A lot of recruits were in town. We will get to that in the next segment first. I want to get your thoughts. Spring practice, obviously the big storyline is quarterback, Jackson Dart, still QB1. Not a surprise to me, but maybe a surprise to some. What have you seen spring practice early on, not only quarterbacks, but uh, Pete Golding and that new look defense? What's it looked like? First of all, hello. How are you? Are you good? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, apologies. Uh, We did did all the pleasantries before we hit record. So, you know, for the the listeners, good morning. Good morning, Ben. How are you? I'm good. I I want a little foreplay (laughs) before we get into it. You know what I mean? Like, I just just want to – I want you to at least act like you care what's going on with my life. Father of two, I just want to get down to business and let's get cracking. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, I don't need the I don't I don't need the run around. Right, so, let's let's get results here. Uh, it's that old Bernie Mac joke, you know, six pumps. Six pumps and that's all I need. <laughs> you want to go to sleep. Anyway, I'm sorry. It's been a really interesting uh couple of weeks for old Miss Spring football practice. More interesting than I honestly thought it would be. Um and a lot of it has to do pleasantly surprised in this way um, with Jackson Dart and how well he's played. And, you know, some of that has to do with the fact that Spencer Sanders is, you know, banged up with a shoulder injury and he's going through it. Walker Howard, man, he looks great as far as a physical standpoint. Just looks like a million bucks. Uh, could throw it as, as far as where he wants to put it anywhere on the field. He could throw it better than anybody on this roster. I mean, he's just got the biggest arm. But Jackson, you, you can tell – after the offseason that was, and even though he got better, it almost got worse last year. 
You know, 288 yeah. all-purpose yards per game when Ole Miss was losing five of his last six. And the Texas Bowl was terrible. I mean, we all know that. The Texas Bowl was terrible. It's terrible for everybody. And the offensive line just could not protect him in any meaningful way. Um, he still threw three interceptions, you know, for his party. Imagine that affecting a quarterback's production. Sure, but at the end of the day, I mean, he's he's also complicit in the in the misery sure. that was that game. You know, sure. he wasn't he wasn't the principal reason why they sucked so bad, but he was a reason. Um, but definitely further down the list, like the offensive line, which was just uh, <laughs> abysmal. Um, and that's been really interesting to me. I'm getting off on a tangent. That's been kind of interesting to me as far as spring football is the offensive line, which has got nothing. Um, Got nothing as far as starters, you know, because Michael Pettis is back, Steve, and that's not necessarily true. Caleb Warren's back, too, and they're practicing. But for Jaden Williams to be out and Jeremy James to be out and to have Victor Kern, a transfer from Washington, playing out of position at left tackle and starting and holding up pretty well, considering he's learning the new system, experienced as he is, he's learning something completely new, and he's not you know, traditionally a left tackle. And then Quincy McGee starting at right guard for Jeremy James, stepping in. And the fact that the offense is pretty much having its way right now with the defense is either one of two things. They're further ahead and they're meshing better, all the new faces, and Jackson Dart's taking hold of QB1, or the defense is just terrible. And either thing can be true. Both things can be true. Um, I just have been really happy to see for Jackson to really take the challenge that was presented to him in the offseason, not run from it. Uh, attack it. I mean, because he knows he's not dumb. You know, he knows exactly what they were brought here for. He, Spencer Sanders was brought here to start. Uh, but Jackson Dart, he's done everything you wanted him to do. And I, I think that's the biggest thing for Lane Kiffin and staff is seeing how Jackson has taken to this. And I think it's impressed them because he's been really good in practices. I mean, he's had his moments where, you know, he has turnovers or something, but I just happened to practice. But it's just the mentality he has. He, he's not giving this thing up without a fight and quite frankly if you were just looking at it objectively if we didn't know anything about this practice or this uh quarterback battle going in and you just went out there with blind eyes and said all right i'm just going to give a fair evaluation honest evaluation of what i'm seeing jackson darsman is far and away the best quarterback out there right now and again there are extenuating circumstances but <laughs> but it's a credit to him too so it's it makes for a really interesting dynamic i mean because now you're wondering did Spencer Sanders make up for, you know, the time lost for him or uh, whatever it might be because he injured his shoulder and he's been limited all spring? Or uh, Walker Howard, you know, maybe he is just the future for now. Um, but it's it's really easy to get enamored with his talent, Walker Howard's talent. It's just there are things he does on the football field as a quarterback that you just go, holy crap, like that, I see it. I get it, you know. Um, mm -hmm. But right now yeah. it's Jackson's job, and he deserves all the credit in the world, man, for attacking this and going at this the right way. And uh, putting himself in a position where, I mean, we, we all wondered if anybody would cement their place in spring at quarterback. And I don't think that's happened, as in I don't think it's decided or anything like that. And I don't think it will be decided. But once this drags inevitably to the fall, I think there's no doubt. I mean, Jackson Dart's going to be if, – if it ended today, he'd be clear, the clearly – you know, the clear, clear cut number one quarterback, QB1, going into fall camp with the uh, leg up to start game one and uh that's no small thing even though he does have a lot going his way because he's the returning guy you know he's the returning starter and the wily veteran and all that but um everything we know about this this job and just what they did speaking of old miss to attack quarterback in the offseason 
I just think it says a lot about Jackson and the spring he's had. And also Lane Kiffin and, I mean, Charlie Weiss too. I mean, this kid just looks good, and that's great. Getting the best – I just want the best guy to start, you know. I don't care who it is. I just want the best guy to start. Whoever answers the bell. Maybe it's Spencer Sanders later. He gets better, and then he just sets the world on fire. Maybe it's Walker Howard. All that potential leads to just talent. You can't take off the field and just live with some of the mistakes because he just hasn't played. But right now, Jackson Dart's been the cleanest. And, uh, again, I don't know if that has more to do with Jackson. The offense just being so good right now because uh, even with all, all the change up front with transfers and stuff, or the defense is just bad. I don't know. It could probably It's probably a little bit of both. But, you know, the defense is well, oh, It sounds so sad. Normally, normally in spring, as you know, you've been doing this for a long time, as have I. It's, it's expected – for the offense to be ahead of the defense. And especially this spring, because Ole Miss is implementing a, a new scheme. They have a new coaching staff, um, a new coordinator, a lot of moving parts. So the defense is going to be behind the offense at this point, more times than not in college football. But you have the continuity with a returning starting quarterback. You have a, now they're injured, but a lot of continuity up front on the offensive line. And you've got, a first-team All-American at running back. You have a very motivated tight end in Michael Trigg, who he's been put on blast by just about everybody, including the coaching staff, of, hey, it's time to put up or shut up. So he feed her to the fire there. They bring in Caden Priestcorn. Um, now, I think they're going to, in a perfect world, play them both on the field at the same time because that's just going to put people in, in an absolute nightmare scenario in covering them. Um, but I think there's a lot of motivation across the board everywhere. You've got the storyline of Jackson Dart. Uh, I saw the quote from Lane Kiffin who said, you know, he just continues to be impressed with his growth and his performance. And, you know, I'm, I'm so shocked that Jackson Dart is, is clearly motivated and is on a mission because look, there were question marks about him. He was up and down. He did get better as the year went on. But there's a lot of responsibility there for him as the quarterback, the leader of the team, the face of the program. Ole Miss played terrible down the stretch. So you know he's motivated to try and, and you know, change that narrative of, well, we started out 8-0 and then we fell on our face. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's clearly – he understands why the quarterbacks were brought in, not only for depth purposes because when Luke Altmyer left, all they had were walk-ons. But, hey – they bring in these they're, they're bringing Spencer Sanders and Walker Howard in to push him, make him better and to uh, make the team better. But yeah, I, I look, I said it last year, even though they closed on a just sour note in the Texas bowl, they played terrible. Um, I think dart set up for a big jump this year. I, I think just another year in the system, another year away from the knee injury. I think he's going to be a lot more healthy and I do think that the addition of Spencer Sanders is going to add a wrinkle to the offense where they're going to take some of the pressure off of him to run so much and to take so many hits, keep him fresh. And then they've added some pieces on offense. you got Trey Harris. you got Chris Marshall, who has turned a lot of heads in spring ball. Um, Braylon Brown is back. You, you, you talk about a guy who's got his feet to the fire. There's probably been some difficult conversations with Braylon of like, look, man, you were brought in here to be a dude and you haven't been a dude. So you're here, you're, you're, you know, you're out of the portal. I guess he could get back in at some point, but you know, 
the opportunity's there for you to step up because they lose Jonathan Mingo, they lose Malik Heath, um, you got Jordan Watkins and um, Dayton Wade back, and then you got some unproven guys, um, some some freshmen that are now sophomores, Jeremiah Dillon, Larry Simmons, and um, you know guys need to step up. So I think that the the canned storylines of, you know, well, you know, what's the quarterback competition like? And, you know, who's going to step up at X position? And, you know, what's the depth look like here? Those those are there every spring. But I think this is a, a big, big year for Ole Miss on so many different levels because you've got Lane Kiffin with the contract extension. You know, you know he hated how the season ended. Um, you've got Charlie Weiss Jr. How's your offense going to look? I think he's, I think his feet are to the fire a little bit. You know, hey, we got to be more consistent. We got to be better in the red zone. We got to be more dynamic in the middle of the field. There there are a lot of question marks there. Um, I have heard some encouraging things from folks that have been at practice about the defense. I think they like Monty Montgomery and and Jeremiah Jean-Baptiste. Encouraging to hear about Ashante Sistrunk taking on a leadership role as a returning guy, Kari Coleman. Um, a lot of buzz about Pete Golding and the way he operates and the, his hands-on approach to coaching. I think that that's going to be a, a big thing to keep an eye on in terms of how that second level of the defense matures and gets better. There's ta- Look, there, there are question marks for sure, but there's talent there. Um, so I, I, Joshua Harris has turned heads up front on defense, on at defensive line. I know Randall Joyner, um, talked to him here and there a couple times um, over the past month, and, and he's really excited about that group. Jared Ivey looks completely different. His body is different. So, sure, there are always question marks, you know, unless you're Alabama or Georgia. Um, you know, everybody can't have, you know, 37 five-stars waiting to take over every year. But um, if you're an Ole Miss fan, I think you've got to be encouraged. Uh, Kiffin has seemed pretty pleased. Um, you know, some of the early returns from the scrimmage, again, it, it's hard to not talk about Walker Howard. Um, I spoke with somebody who was there and they said the guy's just special. Um, he does things that, that normally guys of his age aren't doing yet. Um, I remember when I went to the elite 11 regional in Baton Rouge a year ago, and I was talking with Sam Spiegelman and he was like, man, I know, I know Walker Howard's supposed to be here. I'm not sure if he's going to throw or not. And he ended up showing up, but he was just in street clothes. He was just hanging out. He didn't participate. And I remember Sam was so bummed. And, you know, he's seen him play multiple times, but he was like, man, I just wanted to see him in this setting and just wanted to see him operate up close and just see him go through all the drills and, and, and you know, look head and shoulders better than everyone else here. Um, you know, there's a reason the guy had, you know, 50-plus offers at a high school. There's a reason why everybody that is everybody wanted him. Um, so yeah, that's something if you're an Ole Miss fan, you've got to be just absolutely geeked about is, Hey, you're playing with house money. Now Jackson Dart goes out and has a career year. Maybe he tries to go pro if he does. Hey, you got this dude waiting to take over. And I mean, people have said he absolutely looks the part right now. He does. He looks good. And I think the most impressive thing to me, like I said, is just, the mentality he's had about it and how he's attacked the work. So that's a good way to put it. I, I would add this, though, about the defensive line. Um, 
they need more. And as we're now pushing up on the May window transfer portal opening, May, whatever it is, it's a two-week period coming up, I think some, some positions are becoming pretty clear as far as what they need. They need another defensive tackle. They could stand to use another linebacker. I think they're fine at safety, but maybe a corner. Um, and then if you flip it over to offense, offensive line, they can never have enough. But I like what, they, what they've gotten so far out of Cam East. I think he could be a potential swing tackle candidate for them. Uh, Kate Priestcorn's really good. And Michael Striggs had a good spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could tell. I've heard, I've, heard, I've heard Victor Kern's name a lot. Yeah, Victor Kern, like I said, Victor Kern's playing out of position to left tackle. He doesn't look like a left tackle, but he's holding up well. And he has to play there because, frankly, they just don't have the bodies right now. You'd hope that Cam East would have been that guy. Uh, he's still learning a little bit, but uh, Preston Cushman, this was going to be a big spring for him, and he's been injured. Yeah. So that's unfortunate because they really need him. But I think Bryce, if we look at Bryce the Bryson Sanders, window, too. I don't know if he'll. I don't know if he'll play early, but he's popped up. I've heard his name quite a bit. Yeah, you, you don't typically see true freshman offensive linemen make a huge impact. Um, even <laughs> Mike Ward started out as a guard. Started out as a guard. As yeah, a true freshman at Ole Miss. Let, I mean, typically like Bobby Matz, he started out as a guard. I was gonna say, unless your name rhymes with with Rarmy Gunsel, it's very hard to break through as a true freshman. Yeah, it's hard. And even Larry, you know, waited his turn. I mean, I think yeah, he waited yeah. a couple games where he got uh, the full starting job, and then he never let it go. But still, I think offensive line, they could stand to add one more. I think they're pleasantly surprised with how deep they could be potentially, potentially, at wide receiver. Um, the problem with that is you're not seeing your full arsenal in the spring because so many guys are hurt. Jordan Watkins has got a hamstring injury. Trey Harris is out with a hamstring injury. So many guys in and out. And, and I think and ben, if they had it their way. Lest we forget, my my dude isn't on campus yet. But adding one more potentially there, I don't think you're going to see that amount of activity in the portal coming up. But I do think that there are positions that have become quite obvious. And number one atop that list for me, just from watching and eyeballing them a little bit, would be defensive tackle. Because I do think they have some bodies. Josh Harris has done some good things. J.J. Pegues is a stud. Xavier Harris is, is solid, but he might be – better serve to be a left tackle at some point um that's another story for another day and that's not just yeah. me saying it uh i mean I keep hearing there, that just so much oh it's crazy i mean there's so many guys on, or staffers over there that just truly believe he's a hundred million dollar left tackle but he can't play left tackle right now because they just don't have the body to defense a tackle and he's without a doubt one of their very best options he's changed his body i mean he's six seven he's huge um i, I would even argue that he could stand up and put on a little bit of weight if he wanted to because he's just so big you know but yeah. he looks like a million bucks. Problem is, when you're six seven and you're trying to play that low, defensive tackle is kind of hard. Anyway, he looks solid, and if he's the starter, almost will be fine. I just think that when you look at the defense so far this spring, you'd have to grade it like on an incomplete curve because I just don't think that they're done. And once May rolls around and that two week window opens up, I don't know what I would put the over under on as far as how many players they'll add. I'll put it at two and a half and pick the over. But I would be surprised if more than one or two, let's say they add four, I would be shocked if three out of the four aren't defensive players because I still think that's where they need to add the most. And I think they have more offensively than they necessarily thought they were going to have. Yeah, and, and the spring period is, is it's all about seeing what you got. And more, more so now because of the portal. Um, you know, before the portal, it was always like, let's see what, let's see what we got depth-wise. Let's see who who we think can really be an impact guy in the fall. Um, you know, who, who really needs to get busy in the weight room over the summer. 
Um, you know, who do we need to get on a, on a meal plan to gain some weight, you know, all that stuff. But now with the portal, like, I mean, you know, Hey man, we're really missing a three technique or like we, we got to get an impact edge guy, you know, to go opposite of, of Jared Ivy. Like now you can go in the portal. So um, yeah, I'm sure that, that Lane Kiffin and Pete Golding are having some, some late night conversations every day in the office talking that through. But I mean, that's, Again, like unless you're the Alabama, the Georgias, the Ohio States, the USC's, I mean, you don't have just an arsenal of guys in the wings that you can just walk down the hall and go in the locker room and, and have a sit down and say, hey, we need you to step up. So Ole Miss is not there yet. They they can go in the portal and try to find somebody. I mean, there's still some some guys out there that have not found a place to go yet, or they're still waiting to hear from a team like Ole Miss that comes calling. But yeah, I I do anticipate there there to be some additions, and I'm sure there's some possible attrition to happen at some point. Some guys may not be happy after spring, and they might want to, you know, get out there and test the waters and go somewhere else. But I this is putting a lot of stock in what he's done and his track record and his resume. I still think there's going to be a significant jump on defense because of Pete Golding being the guy pulling the strings now. I, I I do truly believe that he is that good. Now, different different tools in the shed there. Not as stacked as a roster as Alabama, but I still think coaching and, you know, being able to, you know, proper technique and, and the way he goes about his business and the way that they work. I mean, watching the videos that you posted on YouTube and hearing what people say about when he coaches, it's it's very, 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 regimented and it's thorough and it's very detail oriented. And a lot of it, they're going through drills and they're doing stuff, but a lot of it is Pete Golding talking and players listening and responding. And I think that that's part of spring where like it's, it's the install and everything, but he's in, he's ensuring that they're all on the same page. And I think that that's so big for Ole Miss defensively, because there were a lot of times last year where guys were out of position, um, you know, the personnel was lacking for sure, but it was also, you know, there was some miscommunication. There were guys that were were not in the right spots. They were they were not getting the calls in on time. And I think that that's probably the biggest thing for Pete Golding right now is not only seeing what he's got to work with, but he's got to make sure that that everybody's on the same page and um, they can operate, you know, efficiently and, and, and be violent. Yeah, I think Pete Golding was the biggest uh, offseason acquisition, obviously. And I love the way he coaches. But we've talked about all that before and how the defense has gotten better. I, I don't think we've adequately enough told people how good of a recruiter he is. <laughs> I mean, we talked all this about Chris Partridge and all those guys that came through with the first staff and Randall Joyner's awesome, all that, all that kind of stuff. Pete Golding, he's dynamic, man. And I think you're already mm-hmm. seeing it pay dividends on the recruiting trail. I mean, just oh, the oh, amount yeah. of guys they're in on and who they're talking to, who they're bringing in. And it's not just Pete Golding, but I think that his very detailed and measured approach and very focused approach to recruiting is having a nice domino effect on how Ole Miss approaches recruiting. Because I think for the first three years under Lane Kiffin, and it's just how it turned out, it's not good, bad, it's nothing. It's just the way it was. Uh, it was a little scatterbrained recruiting-wise. Um, and I'm not saying this all solved now because of Pete Golding, but as, as the figurehead of that defense hired to essentially – handle that side of the ball, and that includes all the operations. 
man, he, he just knows exactly what he wants, the vision he has. And I think you're starting to see a more structured and just detail-oriented approach to recruiting on the defensive side that we haven't seen. Uh, not to say that Ole Miss didn't get great players, because they did. I mean, look what Chris Barcher was able to do, bringing in top-ranked guys like Davidson Igbenosin and Taiwan Malone, all these guys. But I just mentioned two guys, two of his biggest recruits. One's now at Ohio State, and the other one, he's still trying to make an impact. So it's more about exactly what Pete Golding, he's recruiting for something specific. Not to say that Ole Miss wasn't recruiting with specificity or whatever it is, but he's a little bit more detail-oriented with it. At least the results have proven that so far. Because, I mean, my gosh, look who all they've had on campus. It's nuts. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you know it better than anybody. I mean, like they're they're just they're all over. You know, like they're they're all over the place as far as what they're trying to get. So uh, I've just been really impressed with Pete Goldie, not just from a coaching standpoint, but from a recruiting standpoint. And uh, I, I just this has been a more consequential and productive off season than I expect, or spring practice, excuse me, than I expected. Because typically, springs are just you get through it. It's it's to have football in the spring and to keep football in the mind. But um, they're getting some real things done. I mean, I think the quarterback situation is interesting, obviously, with Jackson stepping up and doing his thing. Uh, but what, what we're seeing and, and just the consequential nature of what they're trying to get done, uh, it's been nothing but positive returns. These are big ticket items, right? I mean, mm-hmm. rebuilding the defense, yeah. uh, getting their quarterback situation figured. I mean, these are big ticket items. And yet so far, I feel like overwhelmingly, the results have been positive. Now, are there some things that they'd like to clean up and get better? Yes, absolutely, 100%. But so far in spring, I think you're seeing some some real benefits, or maybe you're seeing the returns you were hoping to see when they really attacked the portal with 14 transfers in the offseason. Yeah, and, you know, you, you, can't, you can't make this stuff up. I mean, just a professional segue there by Ben Garrett. Um, so you mentioned the guys they've had on campus. I mean, it has been... I mean, the guys they've had on campus and then the, the the commits that they've gotten over the past month and a half, um, you add somebody like Fred Clark at linebacker, highly rated three-star right now. I anticipate him potentially getting a bump up to four-star. Uh, incredibly dynamic I saw linebacker. Him at practice. I saw him at practice last Tuesday, and he looks the part. D- d- and I, I wasn't yeah. surprised necessarily, but – he, he fits in. I mean, you could just tell, oh, yeah, he's got some. He's got cheese. Yeah, I, I remember when I looked like that when I was 17. Um, yeah, he was – Oh, I never looked like that, my friend. So I don't know <laughs> what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, um, you, you know, dripping with sarcasm there. But, yeah, he was uh, a standout at the Under Armour camp in Atlanta. Uh, turned a lot of heads there. Talked to a lot of, a lot of scouts, a lot of national analysts who, you know, hey, who's this guy? Where's he from? Um, was really impressive there. Then you add in wide receiver Jeremy Scott, uh, another three-star that I think has a ton of upside. Uh, the staff really loves him. He's got great length. Um, and it reminds me a lot of, um, you know, kind of a Vince Sanders-type receiver with maybe a little bit more speed, kind of a deceptive, um, you know, deceptive foot speed in the open field. Um, he works a lot. Mike Espy, Shea Hodge, um, down there in Jackson, working a lot with them. Um, so you know they're going to get him dialed in with the route running and, and and the concepts there and getting in and out of breaks and all that. But then you have the run of Chris Davis, 
a really, really dynamic running back out of Picayune. And then they tack on Jeffrey Rush a couple of days later, who has really shot up the uh, rankings. Uh, every bit of an edge rusher impact type guy. Um, and then, yeah, the guys they've had on campus. I mean, you, you go around. I mean, it's in-state and out-of-state. They, they've hosted four-star Terrence Hibbler, uh, four-star corner Cortez Thomas, um, a 25 guy from Mississippi, Eric Winters, a 25 guy from Alabama. Um, and then they've brought in Kylan Fox, four-star tight end, Caleb Odom, a four-star tight end, um, Shaq McCrow, four-star offensive lineman who is just an absolute just mammoth of a person. Um, and then uh, Jalen Thompson, Michigan State commit. He's from Tennessee, right up the road from me. Really talented corner. Uh, he's building that new relationship with Kinoto Hudson now that Sam Carter's gone. And then a guy that I think people need to keep an eye on, um, hasn't gotten it yet, but Juju Pope um, from South Panola, really dynamic athlete down there. He's already got offers from Alabama, Oregon. Um, I would be shocked if Ole Miss didn't offer him at some point. He was in town recently. Um, and I'm then, shocked he had been offered already. Uh, yeah, um, he's kind of a he's kind of positionless. He he you know happens a lot in high school with guys that are just the best player on the field. They kind of have to play a lot of positions, and so I think they're probably wanting to see a little bit more from him on the field in the fall to see kind of where they think he would fit. Because I think he I think he does a little bit of everything with South He plays a lot of defense, but he also plays some quarterback. Um, the big ones that have been on campus. Um, Narell White, the Arkansas commit from St. Martin. Um, I don't think he's going to Arkansas, Ben. I think that it's going to be a dogfight, and I think Ole Miss is going to eventually get that flip at some point. I don't know when it'll happen. I talked with him when I was in Austin, and he pretty much told me he's only talking to Arkansas and Ole Miss. Um, you know, still saying all the right things in terms of being committed liking the staff Marcus Woodson's on staff there in Fayetteville now. And we all know what Marcus Woodson does on the recruiting trail, but I mean, the, the staff loves him. They think he could be a dynamic guy in the offense at Ole Miss. Um, so that was a big one. He was on campus recently. Um, and then as we record this on a Wednesday on Tuesday, probably the biggest guy that they've had on campus outside of Caleb Odom and uh, DeMond Williams, the uh, four-star quarterback commit, uh, Camarion Franklin was in town once again, his fifth trip uh, to Oxford over the last calendar year. Number one player in the state. Uh, it's going to be a tough one, but I, I think um, I think there's some quiet confidence there on the Ole Miss staff. Randall Joyner has done a tremendous job recruiting him. Kelvin Bolden, Pete Golding, they're all chipping in here. Um, he's a national recruit, Alabama, Tennessee, Miami, Texas A&M, Georgia, everybody wants him. Um, we know about the struggles in DeSoto County, but um, I think there's a chance that they could uh, they could end that drought there. I mean, what has it been since 2006 when Ole Miss signed Alan Walker and Marquise Summers? I think it's been that long since they've gotten somebody from DeSoto County. Um, his teammate, 2025 four-star, now a linebacker. Uh, I, I joked with him when I talked with him in Atlanta, cause he's competed in the Under Armour camp as a safety. Now he's a linebacker. And I asked him like, Hey, next year, you're going to come here and be a defensive lineman. Um, continues to get bigger, continues to get better. 
Um, Jarkobi Hobson, he's a national recruit as well. Um, him and Franklin are really tight. They were both in town. Um, and then uh, the guy that you spoke with that I think is somebody to keep an eye on, Joseph Cryer, the offensive lineman from uh, Louisiana. Cousins with uh, with my dude, Justin. Shout out my guy, uh, you know, college I didn't know you and summer. Justin – yeah, I didn't know you and Justin Cryer were tight. What's yeah, up? I mean, you know, I, I, had, I had had class with him and Matt Smith and, uh, you know, as one does when you're in – Summer school, you know, two hour classes, you, you know, you make some friends and uh, they were, they were cool dudes. Um, you know, I hadn't talked to Justin in a while, but yeah, he's cousins with Joseph. So there's some familiarity there with the Ole Miss campus. He liked it a lot. He spoke with you before the visit and uh, was high on Ole Miss. They're chasing Oklahoma state. Um, they seem to be the in the lead right now. He's got an official visit lined up there, but yeah, I mean, they've, they've hosted a ton of talented guys. I, I, we kind of buried the lead here. Caleb Odom, um, probably one of the top guys on their board in the 24 class. I put in a prediction for him to pick Ole Miss at some point. Here's the deal there. Everybody, he's got offers from everyone. Ole Miss is recruiting him as a wide receiver. And he loves that. He loves, you know, the freedom to utilize his athleticism and be that, that tight end X type player. Um, it, I think they're going to show a lot of that this year with Michael Trigg. You know, they've got Priest Corn, so you've got that traditional tight end Y guy, and they're going to use Michael Trigg. If he will produce, they will use him in the slot. They will split him out wide. I think that's just going to be like, hey, Caleb, this is you. Um, he plays a lot of receiver at Carrollton. Um, really dynamic offense there with uh, 2026 quarterback Juju uh Juju Lewis, who's probably going to be the number one player in the 26 class. Um, so tons and tons and tons of talent in and out of Oxford. Um, I talked about it on a Rebel Hill hotline the other night. I, I, I really like the approach that they've gone with of bringing guys in in spring practice so they can see the actual product. They can, you can, you can meet with these recruits and show them like, Hey, watch, watch number 52 watch number seven, watch number 12. Like, this is you. Like, this is what we're recruiting you to be. I think that 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 resonates with recruits. It's it's better than just bringing them in and sitting them in the office and chatting and then letting them do the the jersey try on, photo shoot, and then leave. I think it's a, it's a, it's a calculated approach, and I think that it's working. Hi, this is Kevin Kessinger, former Ole Miss baseball player, son of Ole Miss Hall of Famer Don Kessinger, and dad to Ole Miss All-American shortstop Gray Kessinger, and your local community banker with BNA Bank. BNA Bank has invested 125 years in our communities, and we know the needs of North Mississippi businesses better than anyone. As a commercial lender with BNA Bank, my priority is Oxford, and I'd love to help you and your business with any lending needs. Visit www.bnabank.com to learn more. BNA Bank, local, invested, modern banking. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Ole Miss fans, the 2023 Ole Miss football season will be here before you know it. And season ticket renewals, it's time. They're due March 31st. Renew now by logging on to your account at OleMissTix.com. That's OleMissTix.com. Or by calling the Ole Miss ticket office at 662-915-7159. And excitement is building around Ole Miss basketball. And the Ole Miss ticket office is currently accepting new season ticket orders for men's and women's basketball. 
Current season ticket holders can renew starting July 1st. So go to OleMissTix.com. That's OleMissTix.com. Or call 662-915-7159. The car buying process can be a lot. I know. I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels. Let's be friends. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone, from pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable, and my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com slash TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com slash TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Save a little more this month. Chime checking accounts have features like fee-free overdraft up to $200 with SpotMe and no monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. Banking services debit card provided by Bancorp, Bank NA, or Stride Bank NA. Members of FDIC. SpotMe eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What prompted you, though, to pick Ole Miss? Caleb Odom so early. I mean he only gave up a top 12 why'd you make the pick why are you so confident well everyone knows that you can read certain tea leaves when you see things on Twitter and graphics and I could just tell by the way the graphic was made Ben um uh-huh yeah that's, that's right no and in, in all serious in all seriousness um I, when I was at the under under armor camp it was at Carrollton Caleb Odom was not there. He he had previously played in, I believe, a basketball tournament, and he just didn't feel like getting up early and going to 
going to work out. Um, talked to quite a few people there, a couple national analysts that are in and around Georgia and around that program a lot. And again, it just goes back to how Ole Miss is recruiting him and what they want him to do. They think he can be a game-breaking receiver. And, you know, they're pitching the come be the next DK, come be the next AJ, you know, the next Laquan Treadwell, Dante Moncrief, you know, run down the list. Um, I think that that really resonates. And there are a lot of, there are a lot of programs that think he's a tight end. And I think that that angle of we think you can be a receiver and we want you to be a receiver. And then credit goes out to Dane Stevens. Um, He's a Georgia guy and he kind of, spearheads a lot of the recruitments in that state and they've been in on him for a long time and you add in just the 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 specific catered approach of lane kiffin personally recruiting him john david baker charlie weiss jr um alongside dane stevens and they just really got his attention right now and um I, i think ole miss is absolutely the leader um I've heard Colorado is also intriguing to him, but he's yet to take a visit there. Um, and, and look, I, I I get the buzz. And look, if <laughs> there's no person that's going to hype up and talk about Boulder, Colorado more than me. I've been there several times. I love it. It's I don't think it gets enough credit for being a great college town. And Folsom Field is one of the better stadiums in college football. But look, there are a lot of question marks. Deion Sanders... Yeah, he had a ton of success at Jackson State, but that's the SWAC, and that's Jackson State. He's now in the Pac-12, and he's going to have to play a Pac-12 schedule. And as much as players go somewhere for coaches and the relationships are important there, players also want to win. So I think that there's probably going to be a lot of wait and see there. And again, he still hasn't taken a visit. But I think Ole Miss is absolutely the leader. I don't think that he's a take at Georgia right now. And also Georgia has like 17 tight ends on the roster anyway. Um, so their approach of recruiting him as a tight end is is putting them behind the eight ball right now. And I, I just think Ole Miss has a ton of momentum there. Um, DeMond Williams, the 24 quarterback commit, he told me when he committed that was his main guy. He said, I'm getting Caleb Odom. And, you know, I think that that helps Ole Miss too. Caleb Odom sees they have a quarterback in their recruiting class that is a dynamic quarterback who can really spin it and put up good numbers. And, you know, talented guys gravitate to other talented guys. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I've talked with Chad Simmons. I've talked with Jeremy Johnson, and they all think that Ole Miss has a ton of momentum there. Um, And I don't want to speak for them. They didn't say it verbatim, but, I mean, I think Ole Miss is the leader right now. So, um I don't anticipate a decision anytime soon, but I think Ole Miss is is the favorite right now for him. Who's the next commit though? He's not the next commit. Um, if you made me pick one, I would probably say Bryce Kane, a receiver out of Baker, Alabama. He was in town over the weekend. Um Slot guy, really versatile, athletic. He's a two-sport guy. He's a really good baseball prospect as well. I haven't talked with Bryce yet. Um, you know, obviously he had a busy weekend. We haven't linked up yet, but I don't know if he's going to try to play both. But um, I, I think that versatility, that athleticism, um, I, I think helps 
especially at that position of wide receiver where you, you're kind of asked to do a lot of things and, you know, Ole Miss likes to move their receivers around. Um, I think he's 5'11", close to six feet tall, really good route runner, good hands, and I think that that they kind of see him as a as another slot guy that they can utilize in different spots and, and different spaces on the field. Um, I would probably say he's potentially next. Uh, I put in a prediction for him. And uh, Sam Spiegelman did as well. So um, I, I would probably say Bryce Kane potentially next. Um, outside of him, I'm not sure. Cam Beavers didn't make it to, to Oxford over the weekend. Um, I didn't get a reason why. You know, maybe just the classic ride fell through. Just said he couldn't make it. Um, oh, boy. I would I still think Ole Miss is in a good spot there. Um and, and look, I mean, I think they're gonna go very aggressive in, in high school in this cycle because of the the depth of this class, especially in Mississippi. But also I think there's just a lot of good prospects in this class that they have natural ends with and um just guys that I think that they really like already. Um but yeah, I mean, they're, they're. I think they're gonna they're gonna have a chance to to do some damage in Mississippi right now. And look, it, it's a it's a tough situation, and you know they don't they don't teach you about this in in, in college football coaching school. But I mean, Zach Arnett's got a tall task down there. I mean, it's a it's a tragic situation with what happened with Mike Leach losing one of the giants of college football. Um, it it, it was. It was sad. And look, that's a that's a tough job. I mean, he's not only the head coach of the program now in the SEC West, but I mean, he's having to learn on the fly how to be a head coach, how to recruit as a head coach. It's very different to recruit as a head coach, you know, rather than being a defensive coordinator. So um, that's not to say that Mississippi State's not going to get some guys in the state because they always do. But I think that Ole Miss not only recognizes – the talent that's in the state of Mississippi in this class. But I think they, they kind of, they kind of see that, that, that kind of, you know, behind the scenes, like, Hey, like this is our chance. Like we can really make a statement in this cycle because, you know, States kind of hit the reset button and they're, they're, they're working through that. And I think that there's a real shot that Ole Miss can, can clean up inside the state of Mississippi. They're not going to get them all. They never do. Mississippi State's going to get some of them. That's just, that's just, you know, that's realistic with with two power five programs in a small state like Ole Miss. Um, but yeah, I think Ole Miss has a has a real shot to uh, to really do some damage in the state of Mississippi. I guess that's the one thing I've been surprised by this spring though is just there's been so much activity and productivity both on the field and off. And when I speak of off, I'm talking about the recruiting stuff that we haven't seen more movement, not just with football, but with basketball too. Like I thought at this point, Chris Beer would have one or two guys transfer-wise in the portal, from the portal pulled in. But Matthew Morell, I think is significant. He's entered the NBA draft, but he's keeping his eligibility. The most likely, far and away, most likely scenario here is Matthew Morell um, checks his draft stock, gets the feedback, and comes back for his senior year. I know Ole Miss is assuming that. Ole Miss is expecting that. And have him and Jamin and TJ Caldwell all back already confirmed. That's a good place to start. I'm just surprised. I'm surprised that we haven't seen commitments yet. Because I really thought that 
I did too. Just about this time, yeah. I, I just, it's been kind of surprising to me. No, and, and I think some of that might be just the reality of the job at Ole Miss. It's just different. It's hard. It's a harder job. And maybe Chris Beard's adapting to that as well. I've heard some of those rumblings, but here's the bottom line. Um, Chris Beard's going to get good players. They're going to – I mean, he's already gotten some good players. Keeping Jamin for next year. He can be a part of winning basketball. Matthew Morell eventually. Uh, TJ Caldwell. All these players can help. But the fact that we haven't seen much at all outside of contact, actual significant tangible proof of movement with players out of the portal, like having a kid on or two on, on campus, I, I, it's surprising. And um, I would expect something like that to pop off, at least from what I've been told, within the next couple of weeks, visits and potential additions and that kind of thing. But still, I mean, I, I think it's not unrealistic to say, hey, man, getting kind of you know antsy here. Let's pop something off, you know, yeah. let's get something going. I think it also probably stems from finalizing his staff. And look, I I expect Al Pinkins and Wes Flanagan to be a part of the staff for the 23-24 season. And, you know, I think there's probably some coattails there. Probably more so for Flanagan. Um, I know they're recruiting some guys from Texas Tech, so Pinkins might have um, – you know, some guys that might potentially. Oh, that's a rumor I've already heard. And like, if Wes Flanagan comes, Alan Flanagan's probably coming with him as son. He plays for Auburn. Plays yeah, he's. Meaningful I, meaningful minutes I was, for them in the NCAA tournament. I mean. Yeah, I was told by by someone in Auburn that he's, he's he might go the Matthew Morrell route of seeing what NBA scouts think and then, you know, making a decision. Uh, he's definitely, I was told he's definitely not returning to Auburn. So I think that that also kind of, tells you where things stand with Wes. Um, and then you, you look, there's some, there's talented guys on that roster that, that might be interested in, you know, staying in the sec West and just, you know, taking a quick drive over to Mississippi and playing and playing at Ole Miss. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's probably some truth there where they're, you know, they're trying to figure out how many spots that they have. Cause look, Amari Abram still trying to work through, you know, his decision. Um, I posted it while we were recording. Jamie Shaw uh, posted some some intel on a couple couple guys in the portal. Uh, Mari Abrams, one of them, he said that um, there's a momentum on both sides of Ole Miss and LSU. There, um, he is seriously contemplating a return and staying with Ole Miss and and playing for Chris Beard. And then you know Matt McMahon and and the Tigers are also trying to get him down to LSU. So. Um, it was it was funny because I thought initially he might go back to Texas and you know either go somewhere like A and M or Houston or TCU, um, but it seems like he's going to stay in the SEC West and it might be one of Ole Miss or LSU. Um, I do think it's big that that he has confirmed that. You know, he's had conversations with Chris Beard and, you know, he's enjoyed the conversations that they've had. Um, I, I do think that he could play for Chris Beard. I know there's some question marks about his defense. Um, and, and look, he was a true freshman, so it's hard to be a, you know, they can't all be Carmelo Anthony. You know, they can't all be enter Duke player name here. Um, no, I think I think he showed enough last year to where, he did. I mean, you can say, and he's and he's a willing yeah, he defender. Be, yeah, like he's he, he wants to he wants to play defense. Like I think it's 
one of the more unsung guys that have reaffirmed sticking with them. I think TJ Caldwell is a perfect player for Chris Beard. I mean, you look at some of the teams he had at Texas Tech, and he is like a glue guy that is going to – he he knows his role. He's going to go out, and he's going to play hard defense. He's going to defend. He's going to get out and run, and he's going to make plays. I, I think that that's a really big get because, look, he's got a ton of potential. The athleticism is through the roof, and, and I think that he fits what Chris Beard and his style of play um, probably better than anybody on the roster right now. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'm I, not going to predict like a year one to year two jump like Terrence Davis had, but I think TJ Caldwell kind of sure. got lost in the shuffle with just how messy last year was. I think he's a really good basketball player. Same thing with Amari Abram. Amari Abram got better, and he actually like, really leaned on him late mm-hmm. in the year. I think I think you can see his game just absolutely take off. So there is, I think, some legitimacy to that in terms of what we're talking about here. That so far we're, we're worried about not worried, but we're talking about what he hasn't done in the portal. And we're not focusing enough on what he has done, which is retention, which is really important for this team. T.J. Caldwell, Jamin Brakefield, uh, Matthew Morell eventually, and hopefully Amari Abram. The pool for LSU with Amari Abram starts with Ronnie Hamilton, was on staff, staff at Ole Miss under Kermit for the first mm-hmm. four years and then left for LSU. Both him and, um, I guess, Levi Watkins. Yeah, Levi Watkins left to join his album Water at NC State. Both of them left in the same offseason. That was already, I think, by, by themselves, like, sound the alarms. I mean, they, they see – like, coaches, when they see something coming down the pike, they get out. Mm-hmm. And I think they saw coming down the pike that Kermit wasn't much longer here, and they get out because Ronnie was one of the, his most loyal assistants. But that relationship with Amari Abram, where it started for Ole Miss, started with Ronnie. So that's the pool to LSU. But I think if it were anybody else, and maybe not with Dusty May, and, and who knows with the way FAU got the final four and – Man, that would have been fascinating to watch. Like, if Chris Beard told Ole Miss no, where Ole Miss would have gone next? I don't even want to think about it. I really don't. Um, fortunately, they, they focused on Chris Beard, got Chris Beard done, and it's over and it's done with. What had Dusty May been their, quote, fallback option? Yeah, buddy. We saw that would have paid off. But the point is this, point is this, point is this. Um, I think Amari Abram, in that kind of environment, he was always going to get in the portal after the year and explore his options. I don't know if anybody else – could have Ole Miss in this position to keep him because I think he's that type of winning player. Just because they only won 11 games or whatever it was as a team does not take away from the individual possibilities of some of these guys like T.J. Caldwell and Amari Abram specifically and what they could be under Chris Beard, who's one of the best coaches in the sport. So the idea of having that as a core, those four guys, and trimming the fat of the rest of the roster, I mean, if anybody was trying to build a roster, basketball roster, start it for next year with some of the pieces left over, those are the four names you start with. So I think that right there, he deserves uh, an A-plus, whatever you want to give it, like the best letter grade, whatever, to Chris Beard. So far, so good. Now you just want to kind of start seeing the portal options that are available to them uh, start to maybe have one or two dominoes fall just because that that way, uh, you know, there there isn't some concern about, oh, Chris Beard's just trying to run it back with the same guys. You know, because we all remember what Kermit did. I mean, last year – he added three guys that were pretty much all the same player. I mean, they were redundancies of each other. Yeah. Theo, no, four players. Theo Kuba, Josh Mbala, Miles Burns, and uh, Javis McKinnis. Now, let me ask you, of those four guys, which one helped? Which ones helped them? Really helped them? Miles? Consistently. Yeah. Maybe I, Miles? Yeah, because I've said I mean, that a couple times, Roth. I, I, I was like, man, it's a shame he doesn't have any more eligibility because I would love to see him play for Chris Beard. Yeah, and, and – 
look, he, he kind of is what he is. He doesn't, like, wow you with his athleticism, his miles. But he's got some greediness to him. Um, he cares. He really wants to win. Uh, and there's something to be said about that. However, you can improve on Miles Burns as far as modern basketball and what you need because Miles Burns cannot shoot from three. And Chris Beard wants his forwards to shoot from three. So we all knew this. We saw this when identifying Ole Miss's roster. They had good pieces. I mean, this was a team that wasn't that far away from making the NCAA tournament when Jarkel made that ridiculous run and played awesome against LSU. I mean, they were a game away, maybe two wins away. But let's just say they were one win away. Um, Jamin Brakefield didn't have a great year that year. I mean, he was a disappointment in his debut season. Last year was a breakout for him. Matthew Morell is a really good player. But there's st- like I don't think Matthew Morell is much different today as he was when he walked in. And that's more of a detriment not to him but to the coaching he's gotten. Because he's always mm-hmm. been dynamic. There's a reason why he can, with a straight face, test the NBA draft waters right now. And even though Ole Miss fans probably go, oh, what is he going to do? Like, oh, I'm, I'm declaring for the NBA draft. He's not declaring for the NBA draft. you got to remember, going into the year, I mean, this kid was – I mean, he was projected as a potential late first round, early second round guy with lottery ticket potential. I mean, lottery, uh, lottery pick potential. And it didn't happen for him. And I think more of that had to do with just – how the whole season and the current stuff crescendoed into what it is now, which is a coaching change and a terrible year. Uh, it starts with the portal. So these guys can play is what I'm getting at. I mean, these guys can do something for you. They can be a part of winning basketball. Uh, I'm eager to see what they do, you know, in the portal, what they're able to get done in the portal to complement these guys, because Kermit, that's where, that was his biggest, and I guess fatal, you know, error there was the redundancies in the portal last year. I mean, that was on him, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, uh, yeah it, 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 like I still think these four players in particular can be a part of a team that not just wins but gets to the NCAA tournament. I truly believe that. I think they've got that kind of talent. I think Chris Beard is – Oh, I think they can absolutely the make thing. the tournament next year. Oh, yeah, I do too. And that sounds nuts, but I think, you know, I mean, there was already a debate going around. And, I mean, I don't think this is breaking any news, but there's a debate going around not just in fans and – whatever, but inside the, inside that building and, you know, with the administration, like maybe a new voice, the, the voice got a little dull, right? When you're in mm-hmm. the same, like the results are what they are, but you're here, still hearing the same voice and get the same stuff. And that could be, I mean, you always hear like one of the worst things the program can go through is apathy. That's what, that's his own version of apathy, isn't it? You know, where it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. I got to do this. I got to do that. But at the end of the day, we're still going to lose like this and we're not going to be able to score, you know? Like, at some mm-hmm. point, they tune you out. And I think, like, Kermit has just kind of been tuned out. And I, I don't think that that was better <laughs> exemplified than the way Win won. I mean, I know they were terrible teams, but they were losing a terrible team. They were losing everybody. And they looked like a totally different team with a new voice. So I think a new voice with the four best players as far as talent and what they could be in next level potential coming back. And however Chris Beard fills this out in the portal, I think they're absolutely in contention for a tournament for a tournament selection. And Al Pingas will be a part of the staff. That is that we know. We know that to be true. I am an idiot. We all agree. But we know his son's probably staying back in Texas. Al, though, will be on staff. So let's get that out of the way before we get out of here. I'm sorry. You know, I thought yeah. what we did here is just talk about Ole Miss all the time without any animus. But yet, man, if you get it wrong, or just not necessarily wrong, but like if a rumor doesn't come to fruition, they, they get mad at you. But then if you don't tell them that the rumor and then it becomes real, what are we paying you for? You're damned if you do. You're Look, damned ben. if you don't. I was dumb. I just want to say that. I was dumb. It's on me. It's my fault. I'm sorry I was stupid. Moving on.
finish this podcast. Look, look, Ben, it doesn't matter if I get it right with Caleb Odom, Jamonte Waller, Tamarian Franklin, Cam Beavers. Oh, yeah. You know, you, if I get yeah. all of those right, people will always come back to, well, Zach, you said that Ole Miss was getting Nicobe Dean, and they did. Cam Akers, follow, his shadow follows me around like Marley's ghost. You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I will never get over Cam, yeah, Cam Akers, man. I mean, that one. Oh. All right. Um, look, basketball is – I think basketball is about to pick up because they've contacted a ton of guys in the portal – I think the staff is is being finalized. I'm I'm anticipating some some things happening pretty soon. Because um, look, I I think look, Chris Beard is probably. <laughs> I know everybody wants them to get people, but nobody wants them to get people in the portal more than him. So, um, I think uh, yeah. Look, I'm not saying it's going to be you know imminent by any means, but I, I think they're going to start pick up the pace. I know that they're they're out doing some recruiting. Um, I believe in the Texas area, a uh, a place that they're familiar with. Pinkins and Beard coach there. Flanagan recruits there. Um, the rest of the staff is very familiar with that state. There's a ton of talent and a lot of guys that are in the portal. So uh, we'll we'll keep you up to date at omspirit.com, part of On3. Stay locked in. We will have all of the latest happenings there. Ben, this has been fun, and uh, we'll talk again soon. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.